Hello and welcome to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. It is the third, third of October. Halloween's on the way and then you know what's happening. 087062718378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378378
And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. Again, that number is 087-062-7138. Big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com and all social media. Uh, if you're on social media, give us a like, give us a share, whatever. Do stay safe out there. Don't be like that kite surfer a couple of hours ago who had to be dragged in. Oh, was there one dragged in? Uh, so, uh, do you know what I do? I think I'll go kite surfing while there's They were all jumping, jumping off that Salt Hill Harbour. Like I said... These are tests, and God needs idiots and morons. And obviously, that's just to get rid of a few. Let's bring a few idiots back into my world. The Europa League obviously (laughs) is back on again today. And Killian Sheridan remembers, he says, I can't remember this ref's name. And this is just a (laughs) but he was English. One game we were losing 2 0 to Pajiskas, and I scored to make it 2 1. I gave a little fist bump. And when I was going back to the center circle, the referee said to me, Calm down, son, it's only the Europa League. (laughs) <laughs> I really, really Just, hope that's true. <laughs> I, I, it has to be true. It could, it could but not listen, be. Killian's good, though. He's been he? catching out uh, your clickbait uh, websites all over Europe over the last couple of weeks with some of his stories. I think Portugal have been caught. I think in England they've been caught, and half of them are like he had a Vir- Virgin Van Dyke story when he was up in Scotland, and he said I started the game, and Van Dyke had his laces open, and by the end of the game he was faultless. I couldn't get near him, and I noticed his laces were still open. And of course, somebody went down with it. It was like almost like a Chuck Norris thing. But of course, he completely made it up. People fell for hook, line and sinker. And uh, yeah, he's fun. He's great fun. Uh, Ireland under-21 manager Stephen Kenny believes yes. the plans for the new Daily Mount Park should be more ambitious. Kenny is disappointed that the proposed stadium for the uh, stadium is 6,000 now. A smaller target than initial plans. Well, that doesn't make sense at all, Considering does it? They, get, they can get it close to three already. And not just the Rovers game, maybe half of their fixtures this year, they've been selling out. Six may may not be enough, especially if they want, like this is where if Bowes and Shells had something to do with it, they'd probably say, let's go to nine or ten. I'd say this is the council written all over it, personally, I think. And uh, trying to cut, maybe cut a couple of hundred grand or a couple of million off the price tag. That's, now that's, me not knowing anything that's just a blatant guess yeah but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the council's work not necessarily the clubs yeah but I know it's exactly the council club it yeah. says the D- Dublin City Council will be constructing the stadium but further obstacles need to be crossed before proper work can begin I mean they're not thinking forward because no. if you look at as you said look the under 21s are in Tala at the moment might be big enough if they keep doing what might they might be do. big enough mm-hmm. they're doing well the Irish women's team are mm-hmm. doing well so and and they've been getting in cr- crowds in around 5,000 and stuff like that. 6,000 is not going to be enough if it keeps getting bigger and you better. Think, and to have a chance to maybe to do a an FAI Cup or a League Cup I or something. I was about something. to say it out loud there. Maybe this is where the FAI need to come in. And then I went, actually, no, they haven't a pot to piddle in. No. I was going to say maybe they should get involved because nothing against Tala, perfect stadium. But having a stadium the same size in the city might make gates a little bit bigger if yeah. they move, even share them. Moved it, moved them in and out of uh, between Tala and and uh, and Dalyman. So yeah, that's where sure, that's it'd be the, a bit disappointing. The English FA do it; they move it around to different stadiums, even the senior games. Now, is that a complete stadium all the way around? Is there kind of going to be an option where it can kind of get extended a little bit, like the way? No, Tala? it's a complete stadium all around because it's very tight at <sighs> either end. Say yeah. in behind the goal, it's going to be a bit like Lansdowne or the Aviva. You know, the skinny section yeah, in the, the Aviva. Park, so two of them will be at the back, and then two big stands uh, either side. Yeah, like and that's fine, but. Yeah, still, you'd want to be looking at 10,000. Personally, I think minimum, because especially now that the two of them are there and... And it's going to be for two clubs, I'm not making it? bold statements. Bowes and Shelburne are yeah, supposed to Yeah, exactly, and I'm not making bold statements, but the league is slowly growing. It's slowly getting... So maybe look ahead, you know, maybe look ahead. And yeah, six probably might be enough. It could be per who knows, but obviously, as I said, the, the council obviously are the ones who made the big decision on this, not necessarily um, uh, the clubs. Carlton Cole. Legend. Mourinho, mm-hmm. not a legend. Now. <laughs> I was just saying if you <laughs> follow that up there, no, not a legend. Okay, exactly. Uh, right. Jose Mourinho, who's been on Sky Sports a lot. What have you made of his, his commentary yeah, got, so far? I didn't see the second one, but I, I enjoyed him at the United Chelsea one. Was it United Chelsea? United and who was it? United. It was United anyway. Yeah. 
Did he lose? They I, did lose. Well, they normally lose. The one where Keane O'Neill was there. But he was very good because he, he said what he needed to say, but then he stepped away from certain things because I can't. Otherwise, I'll be... Was it West Ham? Yeah. Other, yes. Otherwise, I'll be kind of telling you a few secrets and I can't and a bit of respect. And like, yeah, he let it out that, yeah, that's why they're still technically the biggest club in the world. And no, no, no qualms here about that, about certain aspects of it. So, yeah, he's been interesting. But... Um, so you think he's alright okay. oh, no, I do. well Carton Cole has well, kind of his say on his relationship with him at Chelsea wasn't it and Mourinho yeah me I mean you, you talked about him, him briefly as, as a manager but he had that that honesty with players but also like you said maybe Zola lacked the cutthroat aspect of it you get the feeling that Mourinho wouldn't be lacking <laughs> wouldn't be lacking in that would he did, did he do anything to annoy you Carton <laughs> he's done a few things <laughs> <laughs> but um, one I won't touch on. <laughs> but um, th- this is just, I'll tell you a story. This is the type of guy he is. Um, but he's more he's a he's um he's a psychologist. You gotta understand about that about him. Um, so I wasn't in the squad. We just travelled up to 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 Liverpool and we'd lost I think four 0 or something. And then we was uh, it was on a Saturday afternoon and then travelled back down. I was at home. I was nothing to do with the 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 the, the, the um, game. We'd be t- we had training on the Sunday, so everyone had to come in. Everyone was down, obviously. And then we had a meeting, so everyone was thinking, oh, meeting before training, here we go, like, everyone's going to get battered. And then um, everyone was in there. I remember I was f- sitting in the seat. I was the first in, and then he walked in, and then everyone followed in as well. And I was right in the corner. But what he'd done right there and then was, was baffled everybody. So he started caning me, like me. I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah. But he just started caning me and saying, oh, Carlton, you're, um, you're, disapp- you're, le- you're a letdown. You're not going to make it to the level you're supposed to. That just the whole meeting was about me, yeah? So I'm thinking, wow, I'm angry now. Like, yeah. And I can't say nothing, obviously. I'm still young. And um, I'd love so, to have seen your face when you sit down thinking everyone just, else is just, getting just, in trouble here. I, I, just, I just didn't understand what was going on. And everywhere I looked at, I looked behind me, I saw Makalele's face. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he was proper. I remember his face to this day, what he looked like. So I was thinking, oh gosh, I'm getting it here for no reason. There was nothing to do with me. So anyway, I'm angry. I've gone out, um, to, we've gone out to train now. But I tell you what, I had the best training session in my whole career. Like, <laughs> I was like two times better than Didier Drogba. Do you know what I mean? I was unreal. And then, um, and then at the end, he says, see, this is what you can do. I was like, come on. You, yeah. can, you didn't mean that. Like, just like, you're, just like, you're just trying to like, t- take all the attention away from the team, yeah. which he did do because yeah. everyone wasn't focusing on that no more. I had to take the hit, mm. but I trained well. Do you know what I mean? So he's just got his methods that are a bit different to everybody else. That's and, very um, clever, yeah. And um, these are the little things. Like, it's only now I realise how deep this guy is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, he's a he's a he's a proper sports psychologist. He obviously picked on the wrong ones at United. He obviously did, but <laughs> but again, like there's a lot of prima donnas at United. Yeah, but it's, it's an interesting way, isn't it? Yeah. I, Actually, you I, hear I, stories. I think I lashed the person out of it who didn't make the trip. Yeah, and maybe he should have made. Maybe he thought confused he, the guys. Yeah, no one's safe. Even Carlton's getting it. And then, of course, he showed up. And yeah, no, when you when you look back, and as he said in hindsight, yeah, it makes perfect he sense. He may have it look. He may have walked into the room though as well and looked at and Carrot and Cole and said, "Do you know what? We could have done with someone like you, and yeah. you're not working hard enough." Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and he first came in, and the light bulb went off exactly. And you hear stories like apparently, like uh, I think Fergie pulled um, McLeish aside when he was at Aberdeen. Listen, when I go in here now, you're getting the boat barrels because you're the captain. You know, you're Mister Leader. But he says, "Just take it." You know. And apparently he went in at halftime. Everyone's a bit, a bit relaxed and loosey goosey. And he went straight in McLeish and battered him. The whole everyone just sat up and went, "Oh right, game on!" And they went out and smashed whoever. And he just gave McLeish the old wink afterwards, going, "Yeah, cheers." You know that's the it goes back years. It's not just Mourinho. They all kind of come up with these ideas yeah. and whatever. Like that gobshite, like a Jared laughs at it. But remember Rogers with the three envelopes of three players' names, and they're gonna they're gonna let me down this year. Yeah, because somebody asked. They think it was oh no, it was Glenn Johnson. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I just laughed off. That was stupid. <laughs> you know, I don't think anyone even asked him at the end of the year. Who really like, was? Yeah, he says it, it never came out, and I don't think any of the lads thought of it by the end of the year. He said it was, was probably just for um because of the show, yeah, because of the, the documentary that was yeah. on at the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah look it, it, exactly and. 
it was a job done in in a, in a weird way. But uh, yeah, interesting stuff. But no, Mourinho has it in in that sense in the psychological game, and he was brilliant, like especially in the early days, especially with Porto, and obviously with with, with Chelsea, the way he had that team, like they literally would run through walls from him. The way he kind of talked and, and press conferences, and it was everyone else. It was us against the world. No one wants us to win. It was brilliant. It was it was great to watch. What have you got there, Dave? Um, well, we'll we'll go with a brief one. Seen as um, seen as the uh, we're coming up to the ads. Usain Bolt mm. is having a whale of a time in his later hosing over there in, in in Germany in Oktoberfest. He's over with the Bayern, um, a famous Wolfhard Muller, you know the, the knee surgeon. Yeah, uh, like everyone and their mother seems to go over there. So he's out there with the big Steins, massive ones in the later hosing out there having a having a bit of crack with a few. Blondie German lovelies out in the in the tents there. So it was funny to watch and funny to see. And I was like, yeah, you enjoy your retirement while half the athletes are dying of exhaustion over in Doha. But uh, it was just a great picture. I've seen it today, him and, and Muller. And then just another little brief one about Joseph Parker's fight with Derek Chisora has now been knocked on the head. I think Chisora might be taking on Shannon Briggs now, but Joseph Parker's been out with illness and he reckons it's due to a spider bite. Yeah, seeing that. It's one of them where you go, yeah. I, the the paper that I read it in kind of had inverted commas, yeah. Either by so, yeah. So who's 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 just I think possibly? Eddie Heron put up a picture of and a very cryptic, but you know your man Shannon Briggs. Nah, he's he's a bit of an old guy now, but you remember what does he say? Let's go, champ. Let's go. Do you remember he kept? Yeah. The, was it David Hay or he just kept saying it over and over? All these he hijacking all these press conferences. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. So he put up a picture of that and people were starting to jump and it going, it can't be, it can't be, is it going to be him? So who knows? It's six or seven weeks away. I'm sure they'll get somebody decent enough for Chazar because it'd be a bit cruel. Like this is a good, not a step up, but this is a good, good guy. Joseph Parker would have been to kind of, if he had a bet him, it really could have put him back into the... Well, it's a, it was a big fight for Parker, yeah. And Parker to, to get back in. A big fight for Chazar to maybe yeah. get back into the to the world title. It was, kind of, it was kind of a fight that's going to... Make or break. It was going to bring one of them back in. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a bit of a shame. So Pavekin. Uh, yeah, he's in line as well. Yeah, it could be him as well. Like, um, it's a short window, though, isn't it? Six, six, seven weeks. Yeah. But when you're desperate, like Pavekin's one of them. He's a bit like the lads. He's he was up there. He was a world champion. Joshua looked after him, and I think he was beaten by uh, somebody else recently. So it it could be a, a a chance to get back into the circle again. So. It's very easy that he could take it on anyway. Okay. Right, we're going to take an ad break and we'll be Mr. back Shales. after that with Darren Shields and talk rugby. You're listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM. Mr. Shields, how are we? Mr. Buggle, how goes the good fight? Yeah. Not too bad at all. Listen, did you let your students watch the game today? Oh, we did. We did. We did all 700 lads in five different venues watching them. So four different venues, I can't remember. Venues, I think. Um, yeah, it was it was class, like really really good. First years had a blast. Yeah. Second and third years all in together in the sports hall. Fourth and fifth years then in the uh, concert hall, and then the six years down the pub. Six years in the war room, yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously there was today, and it all went well. I suppose we won't daily dally on Japan now because obviously no, the bad defeat. But Jesus, we were way off the mark last Thursday, weren't we? Big time. Yeah. Big time. As in last Saturday. Oh, well, no, but us talking about it last Thursday, we oh, were way we off the mark. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I don't think we kind of... No, it is one of those things that at that level, when a team raises up, there's not a huge amount mm. between Ireland playing badly and Japan playing really, really well. Yep. You know what I mean? And You know what I mean? I know people are saying if it wasn't for... You know the the penalty count didn't make a difference and whatever. It kind of did. You mm. know what I mean? There was a couple of penalties that were blown up that we had them under pressure, and then they were able to relieve pressure with a long kick, or else they they obviously picked up um, all but seven of their points from uh, penalty kicks. So it 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 was important in games where you're turning it's turning into a, a mess that you know you do get a bit of a rub of the green and you're never going to get that against a home nation mm. in the uh, mm. in something like the World Cup but uh, I think Japan were well worth the win absolutely they, I think for whatever uh, influence we had at the start of the game I think from about half an hour in um, we just looked absolutely flogged 
you know what I mean James Ryan I think that was the famous picture just before second, the second half started wasn't it it was like yeah. the end of the game he was dead oh, he, oh, he just looked absolutely out on his feet he looked mm. like he couldn't get a breath of air into himself uh, I know the, 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 it's, it's difficult um, the way they're, they're to play in that temperature and that the Japanese have been training in it for a lot longer but um, it did I don't know if it was a case of trying to name the the strongest pack in particular yeah. uh, in a hope that you know you'd, you'd put them to bed early and you could make uh, you could make substitutions at half time but do you also run the risk then of lads only having a six day turnaround and nobody has fresh legs coming into it Um so it was a little bit worrying like that. That again, seemed the game plan though, wasn't it? Because it was a very strong 20-minute start and then we kind of gassed ourselves out a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it seemed to be. I think we, we kind of kept trying to play a particular way that wasn't really working for us. You know, we were... I think if when it comes down to a game like that, if you can keep it a little bit more, a little tighter, but it just doesn't need to be so one-up and so predictable. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be going for the most spectacular moves or kind of fanciness to get yourself away from a straight-up defence. All we were doing was just tossing the ball to one-up runners, and they were getting pounded. Um, <clears throat> the footwork that lads had going into contact against, uh, against Scotland seemed to completely evaporate. Now, that obviously is going to happen when you're getting tired, but mm. realistically, when you're coming into contact against someone... You want to get a little step, about a metre away from him. You want to take a step and try and get into the gap between two defenders so you're not taking a full-on contact. The amount of times that Irish players ran into double hits where they were just getting picked up and thrown back and losing yards. Um, I saw a horrible stat which showed the the front row uh, of Healy, Furlong and Best uh, made a total of three metres between them. In the uh, eighty minutes, the ball. or mm-hmm. in, as long as they were on the pitch, yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is shocking. Like basically, every time they caught the ball, they went backwards or they got drops where they were standing. So it, it was it was poor to look at when you you see the difference then today with the. I know obviously you're up against a, a weaker defence, but you see the likes of Ruddock who was willing to take the ball on at pace and then try and get into gaps if he could which allows him then to use the strength to get past people as opposed to just constantly pounding into people straight up. You know what I mean? It's not going to get you anywhere. The, uh, the Japan game is... It's a game. It's a, you got, we got beaten. Normally, when you get beaten, you sit back, you take a look, and you, you try and learn from it. Did you see anything from today's game that you went, well, at least they've learned something from the Japan game or is it still a little bit worrying how they're approaching the games um, I'd say it was It was. there's still a certain bit of kind of pragmatism in the game plan you know that kind of way of look we'll do this and we'll guarantee a win and getting our bonus points and all that kind of stuff but it, it is unsettling when you're looking at teams as, as low and as uh, low ranking wise uh, and as weak as Russia would be Mm. and they're playing us off the park as far as their handling and their movement in attack Um, whereas we're just the same prescribed over and over and over again and it does you can grind teams down that way and whatever but it's always that thing in tournament rugby and this would go from schoolboys all the way up to the World Cup Teams will raise their game physically against you. So if your only plan is to try and beat up the opposition, you'll be hitting fella, or fellas will be hitting back way harder than mm. they normally would, even in a, a Six Nations kind of situation, which is more of a kind of league format. When it gets into knockout or when it gets into something that means as much to these teams, lads will, come, you know, they will front up to levels that they've never reached before physically. And if you don't have a way to counteract that physicality by, you know, like uh, Carty was trying to chip over the top there today quite a lot, that will kind of negate it to a certain degree. Knocking high balls up, and as the, the Russian now half was doing really well, he was hitting Gary Owens up all day. But when you kick a Gary Owen and you've got 
good hang time on it. You know that everybody's complaining about how wet and slippy the ball is, yeah. and you can put a decent kick chase in. That becomes a really viable option that doesn't cost as much energy-wise as just running into a brick wall of players that are looking to smash it. Mm. The, I suppose with the, the, the Japan game, you, you, you put it down to, okay, maybe... Maybe our tactics, as in rotating players, uh, especially coming off the bench, is that something that needs to be done more frequently now, that use every bit of energy that's out there? You don't have to try and drag certain players up to this 70, 80 minutes. You see, the thing is, you only get to make so many changes, and three yeah. of them are going to be... Uh, three of them are going to be your front row. Uh, the front rows never really make it past 60 minutes anymore. Um, it's too draining, really, as a as a as a front row to be asked to scrummage consistently uh, for that long, as well as doing all the other stuff around the pitch. Um, so once you got that, you don't have a huge amount of changes you can make, and you get to see like we had in the, the Scotland game, and even again in the Japan game, where you end up bringing on Luke McGrath came on onto the wing uh, when uh, this center picked up the concussion um, Chris Farrell picked up a concussion so then you end up having to move your winger your sub winger ended up going into second center your scrum half ends up going out onto the wing and everybody's messing around but that's just part and parcel of it you yeah. know that kind of way you, you, you try your best to uh, work through these things but it's just too unpredictable to have a set plan of we're only going to play this guy for 40 or 50 minutes and then we but do you, do you expect them to make a whole load of changes for the Samoa game um, I don't know I think the way it is at the moment we're guaranteed to qualify yeah. because of the bonus point today um, so I don't know how many more <clears throat> changes or what way he's going to work it I really thought Sexton was impressive when he played there today um, you could see the difference between Sexton and half the lads on the team. Once there was any kind of penalty, any kind of, he just automatically switched on. Right, what are we doing now? He is Let's the catalyst, add a isn't bit he? Of intensity into this. Let's pick up the pace against a team that can't deal mm. with things happening really, really fast. And you're kind of going, right, that seems brilliant. Is everybody switched on? And then you realise then that half of the lads just aren't up to it at all. Um, yeah. I thought the pack. For a pack that was made out of lads that, like, six out of the pack play together on a weekly basis. And between some of the lineups and their, their movement off the ball, uh, the mall that they messed up, I thought it was really, really poor. Um, I thought Klein basically got shown up uh, all over the park. This whole thing of we need a, a specialised tie head yeah. uh, lock so he can, you know what I mean, give tight furlong more support and big scrums and stuff like that he didn't look in any way bigger or stronger than burn beside him and burn would be the smaller of the the second rows that went away like he's nowhere near the size of uh henderson or uh, james ryan so i thought klein was really really disappointing um i thought Amani didn't do too badly um again he's one of those guys that will look good when he's playing against really weak opposition mm. He was absolutely non-existent uh, against Japan. Hmm. Um, I think Jordy Murphy looks like there's, a, there's already a rumour going around that cool. uh, he could be gone now yeah. and that Devin Toner is getting a call up. <laughs> uh, that what they'll do is they'll move Tyburn uh, into the back row yeah. and then they, they'll uh, bring Toner out as a a second row because you, you obviously don't have to replace like for like if you take one guy out of a squad you can bring in whoever you want then okay. to replace him um, but it'd be very sad for Murphy if he did and I, like to be with the team for so long in the pre-season to miss out on your call up yeah get to know you get the call up on your last 26 minutes and then you, you do a rib so it it didn't look great. If it's that bad that he's coming off, just the way he was hunched and stuff like that, you'd be Yeah, thinking, it didn't look good. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of injury that you're able to shake off. If, did, it, if it is a 
just if it's, if it's a cracked or broken rib or if he's done the cartilage in his rib um, incredibly painful and near impossible to pay, play through and especially if you're going to be taking uh, hit after hit on it then it's, it's I can't see him shaking it off at all the guys after the game um, they weren't all in agreement but there was a bit of to and fro but the kind of the general thing that they were kind of dilly-dallying on is are we have we got too predictable now Heaslip was trying to defend it a little bit going oh there's a few plays in the locker but they're not going to be that much different than we, what we already do did we peak like we always do a year or two too early and now everyone knows our game plan it's quite easy to stop I think I think it's it's got to a point where it's it's predictable and it's not done well yeah. I think that's that's what's more upsetting I think if it's if it's predictable to a certain extent but the whole idea of there's no point in being predictable doing the same thing over and over again like you could say that New Zealand are predictable in the sense that they will have a certain amount of plays where they're, they're looking for space and then they'll spin it and then they'll attack that space what they do, the way they create that space is what the interesting part is. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of way. And if we're going to just keep hitting up and hitting up and drawing a defence in tighter and tighter and tighter as we did against Japan, that's fine once you realise then that that's now created space out wide and that you can attack wide from that. Yeah. Um, in the same way, if you attack wide three or four times in a row and you spread their defence out, that means then going a little bit tighter, going around the corner is going to work better. So the whole idea is manipulating defences by having more than one plan of attack, whereas we just literally seem to be, okay, we're just going to keep going around the corner, keep going around the corner. Yeah. Um, that used to be that used to be helped by the fact that we were able to hang on to the ball for large amounts of time, huge amounts of phases, uh, without any handling errors, without any mistakes. That clearly is beyond us now at the moment with the conditions that the lads are playing in mm. and just by the, the level of players that are trying to implement that style. Um, the other thing that is kind of killing us then is if you're going to do that over and over again, like we said earlier, it's it's just too difficult to do that style of rugby in those conditions for your own body. And then mm. if you think you're only going to have a five-day turnaround or a six-day turnaround and you're going to be expected to do the same thing again with what is quite a small squad, like you still only have 31 players to choose from. And of those 31 players, we're still carrying Joey Carberry, who rolled his ankle Jeez, again, yeah. um, who missed out today. He was supposed to be the sub-scrum half for today and they ended up bringing Murray in instead. So hence why McGrath played the full game. Then you had uh, the other one, Robbie Henshaw, who we still haven't seen from. And again, you have to be thinking, how magnificent is this hidden playbook? You yeah. know what I mean? And that we can take two lads who haven't really played a game in the last six months, um, bring them out, they'll do something magical with all of these moves that we've been holding up. Like, if the, if the lads that are coming in can't implement the really basic game plan that we have, how are they going to do when yeah. you bring in something a bit more complicated or you know what I mean we have lads trying to run ball and I think it, uh, the amount of handling errors today was really really upsetting I would have thought Can you see anything to explain the reason why the levels have dropped? Um, I think we're missing like there are quite a number of players that are missing that is holding us back I think I think if uh if we still had Levy playing in the back row, there's your outstanding number seven, your your absolutely sewn in choice for starting uh open side flanker. Um which means then if you've also got Conan fit, Conan in my opinion, as I've been saying for months now, is a better number eight than uh CJ Stander is or has ever been. Uh I think CJ Stander has a really, I think he's a, a really good show for six. I think when we played uh, Wales in the the last of the uh, pre-tournament warm-up games, I thought he was superb at six. Um, but I just don't think he has the dynamism and the uh, the rugby brain to play as an eight. We saw him there today, and it's the usual thing when you're watching it with kids that break that CJ Stander makes. 
the fullback comes up and he drops the shoulder straight in, or the winger came up and he drops him with his shoulder, plows on through and whatever. The difference between that and Jack Conan doing it is Jack Conan takes a step early, tries to beat him on the outside. The winger then has to tackle him around the legs and Jack Conan gets an offload and the next guy goes in and scores. Mm. Guaranteed. Whereas with Stander it's always, oh yeah, here comes the impact. If he knocks him on his arse, brilliant. He's after doing it to a, an oversized amateur winger. What happens if he tries that against the Samoan? The Samoan's going to absolutely end him. If he tries it against a Kiwi, the same thing's going to happen or a South African. You know what I mean? So it's that yeah. whole thing of, oh, you look great when you're playing against weaker opposition, but you try that against any half-decent pro player and he's going to do you out of it or he's at least going to slow ball down. And again, we can't afford to keep wasting the opportunities that we're creating. I kind of, Ireland were renowned over the last three years, I'd say, for getting into the 22 uh, and getting points. So you, yeah, you get positioned on the in. pitch, <clears throat> you put pressure on the opposition, and then you come out with points. That was what we always did. And whether that was getting penalties, kicking the penalties, or getting a five-metre line-out and converting an, a really, really high-average uh, return for our entries into the opposition 22. At the moment now, kind of looking at back at the Japan game, uh, as we were talking about earlier, we had two or three, with two lineouts in the uh, Japan 22 that we should have just nailed the lineout, got them all set up, and we would have scored. Um, again, when you're missing those chances, then you're putting yourself in a, a situation where, hang on, we're playing this very regimented style of rugby with the idea that we don't make mistakes and that allows us to score. And what's happening is we're making the mistakes so the scores aren't coming and then all of a sudden we look like a, a, a an average to less than average team. Yeah. Now, so we've got Samoa next and then, of course, um, quarterfinals, hopefully. How do you see, in, if you can say it in a minute, Darren, how can you see the rest of the campaign playing out? Um... I would say with the Samoa game, I think the big thing with the Samoa game is to try not to pick up yeah. any more injuries. It's certainly not to the likes of uh, the key players. Like We can't afford to lose Sexton. Now, the thing is, you kind of have to ask yourself, do you risk playing Sexton, which gives you a far higher chance of winning the game, or do you... And that probably gives you the, you know what I mean, you have your chance of you're probably going to play South Africa after that. Or do you go with the, the option of don't play him, make sure he's fit, knowing then that you're probably going to end up playing New Zealand. Now, that's a, that's a tough enough decision to make, but personally, I wouldn't risk him. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at going out and winning a quarter final, you're not winning a quarter final without Johnny Sexton. And it's not worth risking them against Samoans. Yeah. Like the Samoans have not had a brilliant tournament. They've picked up quite a few injuries. They have more yellow cards now at this stage than uh, kind of windowsill at Easter. So they've got to get themselves to a point where they're coming out with something. And if that means yeah. that they just go out all blood and guts and start taking fellas out left, right and centre, that could be a situation. You don't want to be someone like Sexton uh, risking an injury and going down and uh, I think that that would definitely cost us a, a quarter final whereas we get into a quarter final we have a strong enough team or we have as strong a team as we can field uh, I think then like if we got Chris Farrell back I don't think Bundy Aki did enough there to I thought he had quite a poor game today which is tough for him because for a lot of uh Joe Smith's tender, uh, Bunny Aki has been his Mr. Consistent. He's been his most used player um, over the last couple of years. I think it, it, it's just got to a point where he just didn't do enough today. I thought his handling was poor. His decision-making wasn't great. Um, I thought he, he was okay in defence. But again, I think people have this thing of, uh, if you look at a lot of the statistics, people are looking at uh, Gary Ringrose and are saying, oh, he, he's missing a lot of tackles. A lot of the time, he's been pushed up faster 
on the outside to try and stop the option of a pass coming in. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes up his inside, it's counting as him missing the tackle. Whereas the idea was that that person would then take it into contact. Like it, it's part of the plan. So I definitely think I'd leave Ring Rose there. I would like to see him getting more of the ball and actually being allowed run of players because every time he does, you saw that the first 20 minutes against Japan, he beat five or six players. Um, I think he led for players beaten. He led for meters made in the Japan game. He scored again today. He's been super consistent as far as in his attacking play but he needs to you need to just let him have a go at people yeah. like when he gets a ball into a bit of space but all he's doing now is he's running uh, under his line so he's coming back in towards the play he's chucking ball up or else he's clearing out rooks um, we're expecting him to do a huge amount defensively I think he, he needs to have someone in beside him like Farrell who actually has the hands to play around a little bit and just let them have a go. So do you and think... Do you think they're... If we they're... quarterfinal and we don't have a go, I'd be really disappointed. That'd be the worst thing about this World Cup. Okay, so a bit of a confidence booster against Samoa, Bill, because obviously the, the confidence is hit a little bit and then hopefully have enough fresh legs then... To, the miracle game. To, to go for the, the miracle game, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of what it looks like at the moment. Yeah. Okay, Dara. Listen, we will uh, we'll be talking to you soon again. Hopefully, hopefully we batter Samoa and uh, New Zealand like <laughs> you just said. Us. Like you just said there now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, go on, Dara. Nice, nice. Talk to you. Bye, bye, bye. That was the longest one minute ever. Four yeah, long. God, <laughs> I'll never, I'll never ask him. <laughs> so anyway. Yes, so anyway, the World Cup, uh, tomorrow <laughs> South Africa play Italy, interesting enough game. Yeah, there's one it, or two still left, all right, isn't there? Italy have done okay, eh, and Australia play Uruguay, which uh, I know Uruguay got a, a decent win mm. there, but uh, Australia should win that. But yeah, it's been interesting, but of course, it's a bit like Champions League, when the knockouts Very come, much. then it, it's going you to know, get There hasn't been too many. Just briefly, Arsenal has finished 4 nothing, and Celtic, where have they gone? They won 2-0 against Cluj, and the second one was brought to you by... Mohamed el I wasn't sure I was going to get that one. Um, just briefly, uh, speaking of hot weather and this, that and the other, Doha, the World Athletics Championships. I'm mm. sure you've seen it once or twice on BBC One and BBC Two. The crowds... Um, Heavily criticised. 100%. And Larko himself trying to have a go, uh, popping back at uh, the BBC and Gabby Logan-esque comments. I'm sorry, criticism is crazy. We all know why it's there money the guy got done Diak or whatever his name is he got done for corruption and these this is one of the places where it went I don't care I'm not an expert that's where I'm going with that's my opinion I'm, I'm not saying I know it but it's what I believe and I think it's what the majority of us believe that's why it's there and it's been a waste well that's there the World Cup is going out there <sighs> I mean, it's following the money. That's yeah, it. We all know that. Air conditioning stadiums and yeah. all that, whatever. As I said, 30... Oh, no, I didn't get to tell you. Like the, they were trying to defend the reason why the crowds are... Because it's on so late because of the temperatures. So apparently it's two or three in the morning again. It's finishing and this, that, and the other. And ironically, the day after they had the pop, a load of Qataris were strategically placed, surrounded where the BBC panel are. And Gabby Logan kind of mentioned it, but in a nice way. But it was obvi- I, she was trying to subtly hint, oh, there's no surprise they're here tonight compared after we said something. Um, the marathon was on in the middle of the night. I think it was three or four in the morning. 60 odd, this is the women's now. I think the men's is this this week. And 60 odd went out and I think 30 pulled out. And some of them pulled out very early and big names from Ethiopia and Kenya. So one or two were taken into stretches, put into ambulance because he, even at that time of night, was ridiculous. It is air conditioned apparently to around 27, 28 degrees. It's apparently ideal. The sprinters are having a good time of it with the heat and a whole lot and putting out good times. But yeah, overall, it's it's not going too well. Dean Asher-Smith not taken away from her. She got gold last night at the 200 metres, but four or five of the big names were all gone. Two yeah. or three from little pull-ups from the 100 metres. One of the girls decided to pull out Weibo, who is the only one who was faster than it this year. She pulled out to just do the 400 metres because she didn't think the body would be able to do both. So not taken away from her because she is one of the favourites and there was every chance she was going to win it. But unfortunately, it was missing three or four of the names to be a real watchable, watchable uh, uh, final. But yeah, the 100 metres was decent during the week. Um, uh, Chris, Col- or Chris Coleman, Christian Coleman <laughs> was, uh, was number one. Missed three tests this year, but has managed to be able to stay on. Um, for all valid reasons allegedly and of course number two is Justin Gatlin who has failed drugs test twice and been banned twice and still come back he's 37 years of age are you trying to say athletics isn't worth watching anymore 
I love my LX and it pisses me off when you see stuff like this. Yeah. It really does. And then Salazar, Alberto Salazar, the Nike Oregon project or whatever it's called, the Nike project right out in Oregon has been banned for four years. It's been proved, well, as good as proven. He's still denying it that, uh, yeah, he was part of a doping program of which um, the great legend that is Sir Mo Farah was part of. Um, apparently he's delighted. It's come out and this, that and the other. So but heard, he still yeah. left after it all started to get hairy. So, there's questions about him as well, which, unfortunately, it's going to happen, whether they're true or not. Is there not questions about everyone? Oh, in 100%. 100%. You nearly have to prove yourself <clears throat> in Especially now. when um, they had Mike Powell on the other night. Terrible nice man, very uh, uh, charismatic uh, character. He is the world record holder for the long jump. And I always remember the 1991 uh, Tokyo World Championships, him and Carl Lewis, two of them in the height of their powers going toe to toe. And I think Lewis, did he break it or was just shy of breaking Bob Beeman's famous record from. 20, 30 years previous and then Pell went and beat it and if I'm disrespecting them in a way I'm probably disrespecting Bob Beeman because it's only a couple of centimetres yeah. the, the lads nowadays aren't even getting close like they're a full half a metre behind this around 8.50 will win you they're nearly as I said a half a metre behind they're not getting close the women aren't getting close to Flojo's 100 metre record yeah. either um, Lord Rester uh, died very young uh, of heart complications and alleged it's not surprising that that happened because of potential you know in mm. inverted commas like Ben Johnson I should say and uh, there is records that are just untouchable and hence why you see because uh, Jackie said to me what's MR mean or what's uh, oh, what's the other one they're not world records anymore it's like meeting record and it's like season's best because they don't put world or European anymore because tough. half the time they're not even close too tough yeah Um. so yeah it's yeah, it's not a good week for them. Uh, Larko is fighting back as, as as well he should, but hopefully nonsensical championship. He's trying to say it needs to go around the world and whatever. I have no problem with that. But if it's at the detriment of the athletes, who cares? Who cares? You know what I mean? People want to see top athletics or top competition. Uh, half of them are dropping like flies at the minute. So and yeah, it's a funny. It's a funny. Can't have them in these countries. And the World Cup be exact same thing. It'll yeah. be a bit farcical. Yeah, it's going to be a bit silly. Um, a lot of footballers are ready for the tournament around the thirties, even especially yeah. mid thirties. But Cristiano Ronaldo certainly is not one of those. Benjamin Button, he is thirty-five in February. <laughs> thirty-five in February. So what does Cristiano or what does Ronaldo do? Well, obviously his diet. His diet is, is crucial for every athlete. But basically what he do, does is he has six separate meals a day, all based around a diet of protein and, and carbs. His main foods are pasta and chicken, which is fairly standard yep. for a modern day professional. Although the five-time Ballon d'Or winner always has his cooked without oil or salt. And when it comes to fluids, he only allows himself drink water, except maybe at breakfast time he'll let himself have a fruit juice. His, his training plan follows, he has his own... A specific training plan which involves five training sessions a week plus pilates plus swimming and he has a personal trainer who is forced to intervene to prevent them from doing any overtraining. so he's 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 dedicated he has sleeping habits he gets eight hours of sleep every single night he goes mm -hmm. to bed at the same time wakes up at the same time mm -hmm. and he has a siesta and of course Willpower is obviously hugely strong. And he doesn't talk about retiring either. No. So the mental aspect, he's not, his body is not slowing down because he's talking about it. He's staying away from it. He's doing it. everything in his power to make sure that he's at the top of his game for as, as long, long as, as he possibly yeah, can. And you have to admire that, don't good you? Good. You have to And I'd say that. going to Italy was part of that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, because yeah. he can really try and pull it out of the bag for a few European matches and then not hold it in, but can still compete at Serie A level because yeah. it's stereotypically in inverted commas slower yeah. and stuff like that you see so. loads of players like Rooney and stuff like that just fading away they're obviously did, he's, yeah. look, he's looked at probably those players too I mean yeah. listen I'm going to keep going yeah. here, the kind of it? teen sensations tend to taper off kind of yeah. once they hit around 30 yeah. you know yeah. which so. is uh, so good luck to him um, all for it like it's seriously impressive uh, very quickly on GAA there's a couple of proposals brought forward at Congress this week about a tier 2 All-Ireland Championship in the football yeah um, which is potential and I suppose it's to probably make the majority of counties play across the whole summer because some of them could be done by June because they're just there for their stereotypical one-off and get beaten and play the one back door and gone so it's going to be based on the league Division 1, 2, 3 and 4 obviously the winners of it can go into Tier 1 and all that and listen I'm all for it, 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 it play in your championship and then you can play in the second one like play in your county or uh, provincial championship 
do whatever you do and then obviously slot back in so it's not too bad but the other one is the black card instead of the guy having to go off and just be subbed uh, it's potentially uh, they've submitted for a 10 minute sim bin so you play with 14 men yeah, for I 10 minutes which I think is very fair and then they cut the amount of subs and this that and the other and then the mark apparently will be brought in the attacking mark could be brought in where you can if you catch it with inside the 45 um, you can have the free shot a la the Aussie rules hmm. I don't know if I like that one no I'm not 100% sure on it to be honest and now maybe it's to entice the kicking game again like we talked about last year mm. um, but then again you'll have you'll have those well you have lads right in the line of the 45 kicking it yeah, yeah, yeah. does it have to go 10 metres or something and yeah and you'll have them short kicks you see in the, in the ah, look, you know as it. short as possible <laughs> we're already finding the angle yeah. and then lastly which uh, with the GAA because obviously I was, th- was going to bring it up last week but it, there's two different counties now where's our money going so Mayo last week uh, the UK um, fundraisers they're holding back on about a quarter of a million because they asked for some receipts and apparently it was a haphazard bunch of receipts were sent over and it's like not good enough we need a bit more detail here and there's potentially even a million in the background for a centre of excellence we want more they're scrambling now going oh no we do everything above board blah 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 blah. and now Supermax tasting in tempting food other fast food outlets are available have asked for the same with Galway okay so it's kind of like yeah where's that where's our money right so they've uh, a couple of questions to answer yeah and to be honest fair is fair now when it comes to GAA they're on a different level when it comes to fundraising they're superb but the accountancy side of things is it all above board or is there, as I said is our black sack just full of receipts and I will, we'll sort it out next so week we'll watch this space yeah it so it's, it's just a bit yeah, interesting yeah, that yeah. it's kind of happened with it's two quite of them a bit of money isn't it so it's, it's yeah, yeah we'll keep yeah. it okay listen we'll be back next week stay safe say, was it stay high stay dry yeah don't worry about it Loren- don't go quite surfing Lorenzo has uh, <laughs> blown himself out there okay jeez be careful now don't, 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 don't be careful out there people see you next week